Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want to thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I'm a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now, and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's Robin here, and I am with Kristen Jessen. And if you have listened to Parenting Our Future, she is an expert that I spoke to really early on. And we spoke about good pictures, bad pictures, how to porn proof your kids. And this message is still important today, ever, I mean, ever more important. And I actually had seen a, a post on social media with, um, with a woman who, she's, she's really an influencer and she was talking about a story about how one of her kids, I think she's got three or four kids, how one of her girls was being groomed by somebody and they were using pornography. And uh, I reached back out to Kristen and to defend young minds and said, Hey, like, can we have this conversation again? So important. So I just want to say that I let me introduce you to Kristen and tell you who she is. She's the author of the best selling good pictures, bad pictures, Pornproofing Today's Young Kids and Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior, A Simple Plan to Protect Young Minds, and also the book Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Guidebook for Professionals, um, executive producer of Brain Defense Digital Safety Curriculum, the founder of DefendYoungMinds.com, and the owner and CEO of Glen Cove Press. So Kristen, I just want to thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for helping me get this message out. Thank you. Well, I appreciate talking with you today, Robin. You know, it's people like you and all of your listeners that are going to be part of the solution to this problem because you're willing to face it head on. And so your kids don't have to face it alone. And that's so important. Oh, that's such a good, thank you. Yes. And, and that's such a good point. Facing it alone is really the point because they are going to be faced with it. Period. End of story. 
Absolutely. And how? And, <laughs> yeah, uh, through so many ways. Sexualized messages come in. Kids that have smartphones on the playground, in the school bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so many times it's innocent. So many times they're not looking for it. It comes to them. It's being pushed to them. It's a predatory industry. And so with all of these things, you really don't have the control that you would wish, and I wish you did have, Mm -hmm. uh, to control your child's exposure to pornography. But what you can do and what does work is to teach your kids what we call a digital self-defense skill so that they Mm -hmm. know what to do when they are exposed. And when you know what to do in any situation, uh, and when you're not caught off guard, I don't know about you, Robin, but when I'm caught off guard, I don't do so well. Yeah. And our kids are the same way. They don't do very well when they're caught off guard with pornography. It can happen really anytime, anywhere. Now that everybody carries around a portal to porn, you know, in their a portal to porn. Oh my goodness. And you're talking about your phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's just wise. It's just wise parenting to prepare our child for all of the dangers they're going to face and all of the situations they're going to face. And we do this with a lot of other situations, you know, watch out for cars, don't cross the street, you know, all those kinds of things. We need to also teach them to uh, what to do with digital dangers. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is just such a good point. Uh, And so, you know, (laughs) you've really answered my first question is why do we even want to talk to them about it? And that is just because they are going to see it. They have that porn portal in any digital device, any device that has access to the internet, essentially. Right. Uh, I saw something on your Instagram about porn on your Apple watch. Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, so when you're talking to your kids and I have both these books, uh, two of your books that you sent me, which I have, um, showed to my kids, talked to my kids about, and also, uh, shared with some of my friends. So these have, these have made the rounds and, uh, oh, good. <laughs> they're good, really good books. And really what you're saying in the books in order to, uh, bring awareness is, Anywhere your bathing suit would cover on your body is what you don't want to show and you also don't want to see. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I kind of said yeah, that's part of the way. Yes. Well, that's part of the three things that every kid needs to know. So they need a definition of pornography. They need a warning and they need a plan. And that's what the mm-hmm. books give kids in very age appropriate ways and very comfortable ways. So you're talking about the definition. How do we yeah. define pornography for a child? We don't want to pour all this blackness into their brain, you know, um, yeah. but we just need to give them enough information so that when they see it, they know how to respond. So they recognize it mm-hmm. and, you know, the little bells go ringing and they're like, oh, this is what my mom or my dad talked to me about. Uh, now I know what to do. I got to put my plan into action. So uh, the first thing, again, is the definition. And when I started writing Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, writing this definition was one of the hardest things because I couldn't find a definition for pornography for kids anywhere. I didn't see any other books. 
And so it took a long time. But now when you read it, uh, you know, it's like, oh, well, that, of course. Of that was course, easy. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. But it, this is basically the definition. It is um, pornography means pictures, videos, or even cartoons that show um, people with little or no clothing on um, and focus on the private parts of the body that we keep covered with the swimsuit. Mm. And it's fine to name those private parts, but we want to just kind of give them a clue that it's, it's not just nudity. I personally don't believe that all nudity is pornographic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some nudity in, in art that is just a beautiful display of the human body. Now others will disagree with me and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. The thing is this, we need to make sure that the kids understand that when they're seeing nudity, even anywhere on the internet, they need to come and see and talk to you, right? Mm-hmm. Because more than likely, they're not looking at the Sistine Chapel or the statue of the David, you know, yeah. they are, um, they're seeing some things that they shouldn't be seeing and that are not appropriate for them. So that's the first thing is this, this simple definition. Now, in our junior book, we kind of keep it that simple. But in our book for older kids, uh, age seven to 11, uh, I expand on that definition to include uh, how it makes you feel and how it can feel like the pull of a giant magnet. So that's also important because we don't want to shame kids for being curious. It's normal and natural to be curious about these videos and pictures. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we have to train them, teach them that it's in their best interest to turn away. And that's why we teach them about addiction. And that's why we, that's why for little kids, we call it picture poison. That may sound mm-hmm. like a strong term, but it is for kids who cannot figure out how to process this. And there are some pretty dark things that little kids see on the internet. And so uh, let's just, give them, you know, a definition, a warning, and then a plan, which is uh, we have in both books, a simple one, and then um, a little more complicated, but powerful uh, plan called the candy plan in good pictures, bad pictures, porn proofing today's young kids. And when a child is armed with a definition, so they recognize it, a warning, so they know why they need to turn away, and have really good reasons. And as they grow, we need to give them more and more good arguments against pornography. So it's super clear in their mind. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if it's not clear, if it's just kind of this general, oh, it's not good for you. Oh, it's a bad thing. You know, our kids are only human and all of us can get pulled into things that we later regret. So just give our kids a chance and, and arm them with, uh, with those three things at the beginning. Um, and that will open the conversation. Mm. Well, and that conversation is really important because if you can talk about that openly with your kids, there isn't a whole heck of a lot more that they won't talk to you about. Right. And that's important as they get older, the stakes get higher. And to, to say to your kids, look, you are biologically programmed 
to be curious about these pictures, maybe even feel something, maybe even like them. So we need to give you a plan because the, at the end of the day, or the result is that they are highly addictive. They lead to other things. And I think that's, you know, addiction is, is something to really worry about. And by the yeah. way, uh, you know, you, you, you just said animation as well. I had never, when we talked, I've learned about it since I'd never heard of hentai before. Yeah, anti. Yeah, that's uh, that's the uh, anime. Uh huh. And it's it's just anime pornography. There's pornography. There's Disney pornography. There's just like yes. pornography of everything out there that, and it's just sad because these are things that you know we trust. Oh, these are going to be good for kids, and then people go and make pornography with them. It's it's despicable. Yeah, it <laughs> and is, uh, but they need yeah. to be warned. And, you know, yes, it can become an addiction and that, that is a life can be a lifelong struggle. Mm -hmm. However, it can also just totally ruin and, um, their, their sexual template Mm -hmm. because, you know, the, the good things about sex that you want for your children, when they're ready to engage in sex with the right person at the right time, um, those good things are just completely, uh, you know, there's a counterfeit and they're it's warped, right? Yeah. It's warped, um, degraded. Yeah. So we have a great article on defend young minds about how to tell your children, you know, this is what healthy sex is and this is what porn sex is. And they're completely opposite. And you want to get clear on all of those things, you know, positive, give kids a positive view of sex because porn is the ultimate sex negative thing. It really is. Yes. It will yes. ruin sex for people. Well, and, and what you told me last time was that what is being portrayed in pornography and I'll take your word for it because I'm not looking at it, is getting more and more dangerous, more and more vile. Perverted. Yes. And it's actually harder to find actors. Let's remember they're actors to even do the stuff that people want to see. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty. Well, these pretty actors sick. don't last long. Let's just say that they don't right. last long. Um, they are. And, and there's no way when somebody is clicking on a porn site, watching a porn video, that they know for sure if the actors, the performers uh, are doing it of their own free will or Ooh. if they're, you know, they're not being coerced, which many of them, you know, testified. They had a gun basically to their head to do these acts and to finish the scene. So oh you just don't know how many how many of these porn videos are made of trafficked individuals, trafficked minors. And so it's, I, I tell teens, especially like when you click on porn, you're voting for sex trafficking. That's what you're voting for because that is a part and parcel. It's fueled by porn. They make porn of uh, sex trafficked individuals, put it up on all these porn sites. Sure. Why not? If you can, I mean, make so much money uh, by doing that. The profit margin is is amazing. And 
you know, when money's to be made, uh, people, especially young children uh, and others are going to be exploited. So yes, it's a big dark world out there and porn is a portal right to it. We don't want our kids going down there. And so we do want to use all the filters that we can use, but the internal filter, we also need to be developing in our children, which involves that conversation and openness Mm -hmm. between the parent and the child. And the younger it starts, the easier it is. Hmm. Yeah. And you would think it would be the opposite, but it it makes sense. And, And tell me, what is the age that most children are exposed to porn by? Well, you know, it's really hard to determine that. There was a study in 2004. Okay, now that's before the iPad and the iPhone. Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. Out, right. So 2007, 2010, uh, we're, we're when, and, and, uh, but uh, so we have so many, you know, I've, I've seen people say, oh, the average age is eight, the average age is nine, the average age is 11 is what, what was from the 2004 study. So it's difficult because how are you going to, find that out. Anyway, I could go on about the difficulty of studying pornography and children. Uh, but I would say that I would go younger rather than 11. I think 11 is, is older. I think a lot of kids are getting exposed from other classmates. I mean, okay. How about this? What's the average age kids are getting a smartphone? That would be closer to the age that kids are seeing porn. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be very close. Um, so you see a lot of eight, nine, ten year old kids getting smartphones. I think that's a, an age. But I've heard of so many five year olds getting three year olds, five year olds getting uh, exposed to porn on school buses mm-hmm. uh, in various places, and you know it, it could be used as a grooming tool. Yeah. Um, predators use pornography to groom young children, to bring down their inhibitions, show them, you know, what to do uh, to get them used to it. And uh, that's why I say that when kids know to reject pornography, they also are going to be safer from sexual abuse. And I've got Mm -hmm. a great story I can, I can share about that. And excuse me if I already shared this with your audience, but it's, it's so instructive. So a a mom had read her six-year-old son, good pictures, bad pictures, had opened up that conversation. He knew what it was. He knew that it was harmful. He knew what to do when he saw it. Um, They were over at a friend's house for dinner and the friend was doing some remodeling. So they put all the toys at the bottom of the stairs in the basement. Now, Um, And the kids were allowed to run down and get a toy and come back up. So her son went down. He was looking at all the different toys, you know, kids trying to pick the right one. And a man who was renting the basement came over, showed him, showed him his phone in which he showed gay porn on this. And he said, hey, this is really fun. You know, you want to watch it with me, whatever. Um, the boy immediately realized that, you know, it was showing private parts and uh, he ran up the stairs and told his mom, and I'm pretty sure that dinner 
uh, was over at that point. Um, this, how would, how would, if he had not been told, taught how to deal with that situation, he might've been pulled in as, you know, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of children are. So again, we need to give kids uh, the education and the knowledge so that they know what to do in these situations and they aren't caught off guard mm-hmm. and, and pulled in and tricked by these people. Well, and we need to, first of all, thank goodness there is a place like Defend Young Minds <laughs> where you can get these resources, you can learn about this, you can take courses, which we'll talk about in a moment, uh, because I think it's important for parents to know. But it also makes me just want to reiterate, because I've said this many times, is we don't just give our kids a device. We have rules around it. We have expectations around it. We need to have a contract for what is okay and not okay for your child, but also what's okay and what's not okay for you as the parent. Like what's okay for me to do is to check your phone, uh, you know, and of course it changes and grows as your child gets older, but it is up to us to protect our kids. And yes, it's overwhelming. We have to protect our kids from so many things. Parenting in today's world is no joke. It is harder than ever. And we still have to do the things. So don't feel like you have to be a master of everything. Go to Defend Young Minds, find out what you can do, because what Kristen is talking about, you know, just the, the turning away when you, when you see a picture is what this mom would have taught her, her child from the book. You, you Mm -hmm. turn away, you close your eyes you run and tell someone, uh, and there's some other steps too. So I don't want to leave parents without some steps uh, to to share with their kids. Can we share just a couple of those steps? Uh, I I know I didn't necessarily do them in the right order, but um, yeah. Well, well, with the junior, it's turn, run and tell. Right. Uh, Again, that seems really simple. It was, it was, was, it's kind of laughable how long it took me to come up with that. But, um, but then the other one is a can do plan. Mm-hmm. And the first step is close your eyes mm. and um, you want to make sure that you always tell a trusted adult, mm. right? And that's the second step. And then name it when you see it, because when you name something, um, you engage the thinking part of your brain. Mm. When they see mm. porn, what part of the brain is engaged? Is that feeling, that wanting part of the brain, that primitive Mm -hmm. part of the brain. Mm -hmm. And so you need to engage the thinking part of the brain to get some control over, over what they're feeling. Yeah. So in the book, we talk a lot about the two brains. I have two brains and the difference between the two and how they work together, Mm -hmm. but how it's so important to keep the thinking brain in control. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. is a lesson that you can use not just with porn, but I've had so many parents tell me that thinking brain, feeling brain. I use that in so many different parenting situations. Yes. Um, and especially with like also with kids on the autism spectrum, it works very well with them. You know, what brain is, you know, if they're freaking out or having a pitching a fit. I mean, you can use this thinking brain, feeling brain in a lot of parenting, but it's very, very strong way to help kids learn 
to not just turn away, but get you on board as an advocate, help them process what they saw, and also then help them deal with the memories because that's really hard. The pornography makes very shocking, strong memories. What do they do with them? They come keep popping up, they're troubling. Um, and so the last two steps of the can-do plan, and you can read more about this in the book, is you know how to help your child process those, mm-hmm. those memories and minimize them. So there's some neurological kind of brain hacks that you can do for that. Oh, uh, you're speaking my language. I love all of it. I think that's so great. Uh, and, and one thing too, you know, with devices with, uh, and I wanted to say this earlier with the contract is, you know, make sure they're not doing it behind closed doors, like none in your bedroom and always in a, you know, uh, in a common area of your home, if they're playing on them, all that kind of stuff. Kids will, and kids will take them into the bathroom, turn on the water, like they're taking a shower and, you know, they're looking at their phone. Yeah. Look, it, it's not that they're not going to be <laughs> sneaky about it. Right. I mean, that's the thing, but you just uh, gotta be, you just gotta know all the situations that, you know, can, can arise, but you know, you, I love how you talk about parenting for connection mm. and really, and a lot of people say that the opposite of addiction is connection. And then, and because addiction does cause these, you know, people to not be able to engage in a relationship. Mm. But um, I was thinking about this before we got on and how um, when a child first, like if they don't know anything about pornography and then they're hit with it and they feel kind of this sense of shame, they feel like they might get in trouble if they say anything and they keep it secret. There are some studies that show that they won't tell anybody and they keep it secret. Well, what does that do? It kind of puts a wedge between the child and the parent, you know, that can grow and grow and, and um, you won't even know it. Yeah. So it's so important to talk about this beginning at a young age so that when they are confronted, mm-hmm. they know they can come and tell you and they know they should come and tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, a mom told me about the situation where uh her kids were shown pornography by a, by a friend and uh, she saw the friend showing them a smartphone and they got in the car and you're like, what was she showing you? And it was pornography. Again, she hadn't even thought to worry about that. Right. So they just looked at each other, these little girls and they lied. They said it was a, my little pony video. Yeah, of course. And it was only later when she, yeah, when she read the book to them that they were able to open up and say, it was pornography, mom, that that's what she was showing us was pornography. And uh, what a burden that is off of their shoulders now. And she said they lied because they didn't have the vocabulary mm-hmm. to even express. They didn't know what this was. They didn't even know what that is talk about it. So again, it's a gift, you know, and it'll, it'll bring, I've heard, had so many parents say it increased their trust with their child when they began these conversations, which isn't maybe intuitive, but it really does. You can, like you said, if you can talk about pornography, there's not much else that's off the table. 
you know? Totally. Like that's like, that's, that's a huge topic. And you know, what I always say to, to, to parents, what I, what I, what I always say, it bears repeating is that the, the, the whole point of the work that I do is to, to bring together parents and children and their children based to, to a relationship that's based in mutual trust and respect and in communication and understanding so that parents can be their kids safe place. And when our kids have done something bad, naughty, wrong, made a mistake, seen something they shouldn't have seen, done something they shouldn't have done, whatever it is that they can feel comfortable coming to us and they know that we're not going to shame them. We're not going to criticize them. We're not going to make fun of them, punish them, you know, say, oh, well, I told you. So all of those things, we are just there to help them work it out because while our kids are with us for those precious years that they're with us, they're just always needing help and needing to be taught. And I always say behavior is either a need that isn't getting met, a feeling that's unvalidated, or they don't have a skill to do better or different yet. Right. And so if we can just be there as a trusted ally, just say, say, okay, so we made a mistake. Mistakes happen. I know how to, I know I make mistakes a lot too. And we can work it out together. You know, that is a message that says that I'm loved and lovable as well. Even in the worst moments, you know, even when I make mistakes, even when I get in trouble. Right. So anyway, yeah. I just wanted to add to that because it really does matter. And we don't want to have relationships with our kids that end at 18. We want it to be forever, right? This is yeah. a long game. So we yeah. got to put the time and effort in now. So, um, mm -hmm. now, now, so I really appreciate your take on connection because of course I, I couldn't agree more now. As I said earlier, as kids get older, the stakes get higher. And, you know, what caught my eye on, uh, on your Instagram page is five things teens wish their parents knew about porn. So can we kind of quickly talk about that? Because I want to know what that's all about, because I am a parent of two teenagers and I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm laugh crying. <laughs> <laughs> uncomfortable laugh is, is what's happening here so yeah so let's talk about that well we have a free guide that you can download on uh, our website defendyoungminds.com uh, that is was originally actually we we use this with permission from fight the new drug oh. and this was a this was a presentation that was given by Clay Olson, who was one of the co-founders of that organization. So we just loved it. And we said, can we, you know, use this? And he gave us permission. So we, you know, put our spin on it. But basically, there's a couple of things. I'll give a couple of things. And then you can go get the guide for the rest. Yeah. But they wish their parents knew that uh, porn can lead to an actual addiction. Okay. That... You know, and when you have an addiction, you you have lost some control. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not that easy to just say, well, just stop it. You know, just totally. stop it. Yeah. Uh, you can't say that to an alcoholic. You can't say that to somebody that smokes cigarettes or vapes. You know, you, you, you know there's a process for recovery. And uh, but people don't realize that pornography can become an actual addiction and there's tons of science. We 
we have a lot of it on our website. There's another site called Your Brain on Porn that is just chock full of so much of the, um, the science, the scientific proof that it is an addiction. It can become an addiction. Now, not everybody's going to become addicted, um, but especially if kids use pornography, which they do, to deal with negative emotions. They're, they're lonely. Well, loneliness does not feel good. I mean, I think all humans have felt lonely at some point in time. Mm-hmm. I know I have. Um, and if there's some way you can get away from that feeling of loneliness, you know, bring it on, right? Bring it on. And yeah. um, so pornography is very quick, easily accessed, and it does the job in the short term to distract you from your negative feelings, right? Um, to transport you into a different place and into a sexual experience. So, but it, because of that, it actually can become an addiction very quickly. And, um, you know, there are some people that, oh no, it's not an addiction. Like, well, let me tell you, you talk to enough people like I have, Mm-hmm. We struggle and struggle and struggle to get out of this because it has become their brain's go-to coping mechanism. Yeah. And, you know, those of us that have kind of an eating addiction, which is my, you know, my addiction of choice, whenever yeah. I start getting, getting stressed, um, you know, where's the chocolate? Where are the carbs? I, I know that. And, it takes a lot of thinking brain power to dial that back mm-hmm. and help me find something else. So well, that's the first I, one. And, and what I learned from you is that, you know, people, once you start looking at it, you, you're craving a, a, a bigger high, if you will, over and over again. Yes. And that actually leads to other issues where first, your baseline is, is all messed up for what yep. a, a positive sexual experience is. You're craving even worse. I don't even know what to say. More uh, extreme, more extreme. Or, there you go. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I just, I don't have the vocabulary, you know, either. Right. But it also leads to impotence, sexual yes. right performance, it sexual can, dysfunction. It, Yes. Sexual dysfunction. Thank you again. Uh, also to, um, it, it can create predators because they want to, they want to recreate what they're seeing and live it. Right. Yeah. Robin, when I, the reason I started writing good pictures, bad pictures mm-hmm. was because of a child on child, you know, sexual, uh, abuse situation. So, uh, these, you know, the oldest boy in this family had, um, he had been sexualized um, by somebody else, but there's a whole generation now of children that have never had a hands-on sexual uh, perpetrator except for porn. So they've been looking at porn and then they go and they want to try out the things they want to imitate which is what children's brains are wired to do. Imitate what they see adults do, right? You make sense of the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they see porn and really naturally they want to go act it out on a more vulnerable, probably younger person. And um, 
And that's what had happened in this case that I heard of. Uh, a, a mom came and told me what had happened to her her family. Uh, porn was definitely involved in this. And, you know, that was a heartbreaking situation. And more and more families are dealing with this, but it is, it's like the tsunami that you don't really see coming, you know, mm-hmm. because nobody wants to talk about this. Um, but, you know, we've heard lots and lots of stories of, of kids that have looked at pornography and then perpetrated on another mm-hmm. child. Um, this has got to stop. And so again, when kids know that they should not look at porn, it will help them not become that perpetrator, right? Yes, yes. And it will also help younger children know, no, 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 you know, I don't want to look at this and and to be able to get help from a parent. Yeah. So yeah, and the, 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 the we can go on and on talking about how extreme porn has become because uh, violence and sex, you know, be make a bigger, you know, uh, splash in your brain of dopamine. So you're, you're just, unfortunately, so much pornography is violent and degraded. And uh, we don't want that for our kids to think that that's what sex is all about. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. So what else you got? What are, what are, what's another one of the five? (laughs) Okay. One more, another one is, so another one is what we just talked about. They wish you knew that porn is different today than it was when you were growing up. Okay. I mean, I think, I think we, yeah, that, I think we probably know, right? Like it's not at all. Yeah. (laughs) It's different. It's, it's getting worse and worse. And, uh, so it's, it's not your daddy's playboy. It's not just, uh, I mean, it really is, is not just a man and a woman having sex. That is vanilla porn. That is just hard. That's like hard to find, you know, what's easy to find is the hardcore stuff, the degraded, the violent stuff. So, um, it's so, so well, and it, parents and realize it, that. it also makes some kids, and I know this from, um, from clients, uh, one who had a daughter who was addicted and uh, she's questioning her sexuality as well. Cause she yes. happened yeah. to like the girl on girl more because it was softer, more gentle. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. That's very confusing because your brain is still getting aroused and, Yes, absolutely. That happens a lot. And um, we could have a whole podcast on that. But number three is they wish you knew they were being, they are being targeted. Oh, and, you know, I've had some people say, well, you know, this stuff never shows up in my Facebook or on my Instagram or, you know, I never, it's like, well, you're not their target audience, you know, Uh, believe me. Uh, the porn industry has the best and the brightest when it comes to uh, digital marketing. And they know how to locate the vulnerable kids, get them hooked from an early age so that they can make money off of them. Um, and, 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 you know, it's not, you know, used to be, you now there still are paid, you know, obviously paid porn sites and programs and premium memberships, you know, 
Um, but there is a lot of porn that's like YouTube. It is fueled by mm -hmm. ads. So when I go on and watch a YouTube video and I have to watch the ads, that is actually paying that creator some money. Mm -hmm. Same with porn. They get money from running ads. And so it doesn't matter the age or if they have a credit card or not. They're yeah. still promoting it. They're still getting money from it. So these different worlds, these, wow. these pornographers are, are predators. And uh, anyway, for the, for the other two, go get the guide. Um, and <laughs> Whoa, leave us, leave us hanging. Uh, leave you yes. hanging a little bit, leave you wanting more, but uh, yeah. Yeah, go get the guide. It's super, it's super easy um, download. So yeah. And we have a lot of other guides too. So you really make sure so you much. check them all out. You have so much. You also have courses, brain defense, uh, yeah. really for the whole family. You know, one of the things that I, I want to say too, when you're talking to your kids, I would appeal to their sense of almost righteousness in that, like, do you think it's okay that they want to use you? Do you right. think it's okay that they want to make money off of you? That's what, you know, maybe looking at it that way, especially teenagers is a way to get in. Like, no, you're right. I don't want to be. Stick it to the man. Yeah. Stick it to the man. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we yeah. all have counter will, which, which is innate in all of us, which is the will to do the opposite of what someone is telling me to do or making me do when I feel manipulated or coerced or, you know, whatever. And so if it's trying to get you, you say, no, like, screw you. In other words, yeah. like, yeah. no, you can't manipulate me. You don't get, I'm not going to make right. it so that you get more money. So I would appeal to yeah. kids from that perspective, sure. personally, Absolutely. Uh, you know, whatever works, right. Whatever works. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is, is that any digital device is a portal to porn and thank, thankfully we have people like you, Kristen, you have dedicated your life to this really, truly. And I was saying to you earlier in the podcast, like you're just this lovely woman, you know, nobody would ever know crossing, you know, seeing you on the street that, you know, you talk about porn, uh, you know, uh, all day, every day, <laughs> but, <No>. but, it, <laughs> and you know, you're, you, you were talking about a magazine you picked up that was, you know, about, um, um about, know, about kind of, the future Sex and how it's becoming like robotic and, and oh. using VR and all these gadgets and everything. Yeah. So sex is going to be more and more of a solitary experience, oh. um, which is, which is heartbreaking. Well, um, I hope that we, that this, that at some point, uh, this is a call to an awakening for our kids for their generation at some point, because we still are wired for connection. You know, we still are wired Absolutely. for relationships. So I hope at some point we reject it and say, no, we need to get back to human contact, you know, in many different ways so. from texting and I hope you know, so. all that stuff. That is I my hope. hope. So. That's yeah, my we're hope. not there yet. We're, we're on the, we're going in the opposite direction. Um, and the statistics are kind of appalling of the marriage marriages are going down um, and, you know, birth rates are going down and people are finding that, you know, they're in the thirties and never dated because they're just been online. And, and so there's something better for kids and we can prepare them and help yeah. them 
so that they can thrive in the digital age and not be hurt by it. But I would say that given, you know, they've done studies that show that parents, unfortunately, are somewhat naive. Um, they call it the naivete gap between what parents think their kids are experiencing online and what their kids are actually experiencing online. There is a at least a 50% gap, a double. So in one study uh, in the UK, the, the parents uh, were asked, do you think your kids have seen porn? 25% said, yeah, I think so. 75% said no. So when they looked at the actual, you know, then they asked their kids, their actual kids, and said, <laughs> okay, have you seen porn? And, uh, you know, it was over 50%. I think 54, 56% said yes. So that's a, that's a pretty big gap. Um, and so we need all the tools that we can get. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned our course. We call it brain defense because every child has one precious brain. Yes. And they need to learn to defend it. Mm -hmm. um, so, and they need to learn, as I said before, digital self-defense skills. And that's what brain defense is all about, teaching mm -hmm. them a wide range of digital self-defense skills. So it's not just about pornography. There are other things that kids need to know to learn healthy tech habits. And so that's what brain defense digital safety is all about. We have, and it's video-based and the Wonderful thing about it, besides the fact that it's open and go, super, super easy, uh, it's a lot easier than, you know, setting up your smart TV or figuring out, you know, your phone. Let me tell you, if you have a phone and you figured it out, brain defense is super simple. Uh, it's like push and play. But the thing about it is, is that it's good for, for, for kids to hear these things from their parents. But it's also good to, that they hear these um, these things, these uh, you know, these truths really. Yeah. Um, yeah. About pornography, about digital wellness, digital safety, predators, bullying, all that from older peers. Right. Now, this is um, coming from prevention science. We have decades of prevention science mm. that kind of show what works to help kids um, be free from, you know, risky behaviors. And um, what they find out is that their older peers are very much, you know, very influential. Mm -hmm. So these are six kids, six teens that are telling your kid age seven to 11, you know, how to use digital devices, you know, in a healthy way, how to create healthy tech habits, um, how to you know avoid pornography and turn away from it, how to deal with bullying, how to deal with predators, you know, all of these things that kids are facing, it it really gets them, gets and it gets you starting to talk about those things with your children because there are role play questions and all of these things. So please go to either braindefense.org or go to our website, defendyoungminds.org com and you can find it there and take a look because uh so many parents have loved this program and it's helping the kids it's helping the parents i'll tell you as you said 
parenting in this age is really difficult. We just want to make it easier and more yeah. successful when it comes to these digital dangers. Oh, absolutely. One last question before I let you go. You touched on it a little bit with the book for the older kids, but what do you do if you're a parent listening right now and your child has already seen porn, maybe has watched it for a while? What do you do? Yeah. So I would say, first of all, go download our guide, which is my kids saw porn. Now what? Yes. Smart plan guide. So smart is an acronym. The first one is stay calm. And the second one is make a plan. And then we have three other, um, three other steps. When you find out that your child has seen porn, maybe been seeking it out. Maybe you find stuff on the phone. Don't react immediately. You've got to get your game plan together. hundred percent. Okay? And so you can wait 24, 48, 72 hours, right? Okay. And this guide you can download instantly and it will show you here are the questions that you need to ask your child. Here's the attitude. Um, here's a way to deal with your own feelings, right? Because you've got to kind of process your own feelings of fear anger, you know, uh, maybe embarrassment, maybe like perplexing, like how could my child want to see this? Um, and so we've got that. And then we have all these other um, chapters that teach you, you know, how to deal with it. So that's the first step is okay. get yourself educated and make sure that you approach this um, with your child in a positive, loving way. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying you condone it. I'm just saying that not to shame. shame yeah. Not to shame them because, um, especially if you haven't had these conversations in the past, that's, you know, it would be good to start with an apology. I'm sorry. We never talked to you about this mm -hmm. and now it's hurt you, even though you may not think it's hurt you. <laughs> and we want to have a conversation about this. Um, but if you just simply say, you know, get angry, grab their phone away, tell them that they're, you know, grounded for two months, uh, that's, that's just going to create some difficulties going forward. So get our guide. Um, it's on our website. It will give you so much information. And I would say, if you're really smart, get it now before this happens because yeah. it, it will happen yeah. and um, you want to be prepared. That's a conversation. That's a critical, crucial conversation that you want to show up to with some of your own, you know, preparation and knowing what to do. So, yeah. um, and then, you know, we have articles about this mm -hmm. on our website and there are some um, apps that are coming out that have come out that are helping kids, you know, back their way out of this kind of a, whether it's a bad habit, a compulsion or a full-blown addiction, you know, there are some more and more uh, resources for children. Um, in fact, we're going to be having a webinar. We, I just met some guys that are, that are actually using VR gaming suites to counsel kids, um, meet them where they are, and then help teach them to back out of that virtual world. Um, That's incredible. And 
Yeah. So there's, there are, I say that only because I am very happy that there are more and more tools out there that are addressing this very real difficult problem. And, and Mm. I'll just say this, kids are faced with so much today. When I was growing up, I could just be a kid for the most part, you know, just be a kid. People didn't expect me to solve global warming, you know, worry about war or anything like that. They just let me be a kid and run around chasing butterflies and reading books. And, you know, I really treasure that now because I think sometimes the reason our kids are having so many mental health issues is they're being faced with adult content and adult problems too early and they can't deal with it because they don't have the power. So it really struck me though, when you said alone, you know, and you're right, they don't have the language and you don't want them to face this alone. Yeah. Um, so everything that you've said, Kristen, it is so good to talk to you again. I, I hate to talk to you, <laughs> but I love to talk to you because it's Kristen again. Oh no. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what is she going to tell us now? But here's the message. The message is it's there. It's prevalent. It's easily accessible. And there is hope. Really, that is the message that I like to share about parenting too, that look, it's messy, it's hard, it feels impossible some days. And there is hope. There are things that we can do. There are small shifts that create big changes that we can make. It's like small hinges that swing big doors, right? So don't feel overwhelmed. Know that you can go and get resources and places like defendyoungminds.com and uh, uh, what was the other site that was .org? Well, braindefense.org oh, is braindefense.org. Yes. Yeah. I look at brain defense and um, okay. use it yes. with your family. There's a family version. And then also if you want your school to use it, introduce oh. it to your school, you can download a flyer and also, you know, um, or your church or your girl scout, whatever, yeah. or your boy scout, whatever, you know, we yeah. have kind of, additions for all of these situations. I love it. And yes, let's make it a part of curriculum. Uh, that's Let's just teach it everywhere. Whatever, even if you're not homeschooling, it's oh. just something that, you know, we would never throw the keys to our car to a 10 year old and say, have fun in the city, yeah. you know, but we are throwing our, our kids in games and they're in, and we're not training, we're not giving them driver's ed for the internet. And that's what brain defense does. It is super simple to do. And it's funny too. These kids that, that teach it are funny. They, and oh, they use real life great. examples. So we call them the brain gang and the love kids that. love them. So that's check so it out. you can watch some videos on our website and, and see if this is something that will serve your family. Yeah. I believe it will. And look, don't be hard on yourself if your child has gotten into this. We are digital nomads as parents, right? My generation of parents, we grew, we have now grown up with this. And I remember my youngest, like he's never met a screen he doesn't like because he was <laughs> born just before we got our first, you know, big flat screen TV, which is just a normal TV now, you know? So um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's okay it's there's hope. And so please listeners, 
please share this with somebody that you know also needs to hear this message. Uh, that's how we create change and how we can create families that have deeper connection, better communication. And of course, if you like parenting our future, please, please give me a five star, give us a five star. And a comment is also, you know, more than welcome. And uh, again, you can watch this on YouTube on my Parenting for Connection YouTube channel. So thank you, Kristen, for being here and for sharing. We are all better for it. So, so much better for it. And I will be sharing this episode as well as our, our previous episode, which I'll put in the show notes as well. So people can listen to, to that one as well, which is full of great information too. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.